Hi, I'm Alexandra Dawson, Community Development Officer here at LA LISC, and thank you for tuning in to our second season of the Changemakers LA podcast. Changemakers LA is the podcast series of LA LISC. It is a tribute to the people and the policies that work to make LA neighborhoods good places to live, work, and play. This season, we continue our forum for contemporary changemakers and LISC partners to share how they tackle the pressing issues of affordable housing, economic development, transportation, and safety in a time of growing prosperity and growing inequity in LA. In this episode, we will be speaking with an alum from our Housing Development Training Institute, or as we like to call it around here, HDTI. Since 1988, the California Local Initiative Support Corporation offices has sponsored numerous HDTIs, over 400 people representing 100 community development organizations throughout California are graduates. LISC launched HDTI in response to an unmet educational need for a comprehensive program to develop the skills of the staff of community development corporations. I could go on and on about the benefits of the HDTI program, but today we have someone who can attest to its value firsthand. All right, so let me introduce our guest to you today. Denise Wint is the Director of Projects and Services at Innovative Housing Opportunities, or IHO for short. Denise, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before I jump into um, the discussion for today, I just want to share a few words about why HDTI is so special to me. Uh, First of all, before I started my career as a community development officer at LISC, I was a project manager and had uh, the opportunity to participate in the advanced HDTI program, and it was absolutely invaluable to me. But here at LISC, I have the opportunity to manage the HDTI program and meet all these talented and passionate people dedicated to the work of affordable housing development. And after each session, I come away inspired and excited to see the participants' careers grow. Um, So with that said, let's find out from you, Denise, what led you to your career and what role HDTI has played and continues to play in shaping it. Well... Thank you for that. And again, I feel really honored to be invited to be on this podcast. It's my first one. So, yeah, mine too. Mine too. <laughs> so, actually, what led me down this path is was actually started a while ago when I was in grad school, and one of my tasks as an intern for the city of Inglewood was to work on the analysis of impediments to fair housing choice. And I had just transitioned into that role from working as a work-study student at, at USC where I was making, nine, I think it was $9 an hour, whatever minimum wage was at that time. Uh-huh. But during that time of working on the plan, you know, I realized that I, as an intern now making $20 an hour, which you know, obviously was a vast improvement, still couldn't afford to live in a decent apartment or to rent a decent apartment, even if I wanted to. And Mm -hmm. so with my role there and working as an admin analyst for the community development block grant or the home program, I learned there that I wanted to really be more involved in the physical transformation of communities as opposed to just providing the funding or the grants Uh for the service providers or even some of the developers themselves. 
That's great. And um, after the, all of those experiences, did that lead you to decide to pursue a career in affordable housing development? Or how did you decide that um, housing in particular was where you wanted to be and what you wanted to be doing? So as I realized that I wanted to transition from working with the, the city itself, because at that time I realized I couldn't spend my whole career hoping to see one project come into fruition because that was that seemed to be the pace working at the government. And so when learning that a private developer working with the city was able to get the same type of community development completed in five years, mm-hmm. that's when I said, I want to do that. I want to work with a private company. And so... I was able to go out on three informational interviews and three people actually were the ones that got back to me. I don't know how many requests I made at that time to speak with different developers, but three got back to me. It was Andrew, who worked at Thomas Safran, Mohammed, who worked at Simpson Housing at the time, and Sharon Sumter, that worked uh, with the offshoot of Bedford Group. And all of them said, it's a difficult industry to get in, get in however you can, however you can. And so as I'm doing some research, I saw a posting at what was LA Community Design Center, now Abode, uh-huh. that said a list of AmeriCorps position is available in their, for their project management or their project development team. And I was really hesitant on doing that again because I did a one-year AmeriCorps stint after undergrad, and I said there's no way I could afford to live right. on a quote-unquote living stipend for another year, especially when I just read that I need to make $24, $25 an hour to afford. So now going to live off of $1,500, if that was it, that was going to be infeasible. But I remember them saying get in however you can, the money will come because it's such a difficult industry to get into. And so I did that and it was the best experience I could say I had. And I later learned that I was one of like three individuals that got to work in their project development team with their project development team because the folks primarily worked on the services component. And I learned so much because there were about five or so different project managers and an acquisition project manager working on all different phases of of the development, working on so many different projects. I got to learn from each and every one of them, even was able to even find a deal for the the, the CEO to make an offer. And then he, the following week I left, but it ended up leading to the development of um, some other units in a, in a local city. So... I said that was my foray into the physical development of communities. And after that one year, I was with um, with LA Community Design Center, now Abode. I was picked on picked up by another nonprofit, LA Housing Partnership, where I was there for seven years, and I progressed quickly, starting out as an assistant project manager, then moving in up to the project manager, the senior project manager, and then transitioned over to where I am now at Innovative Housing. We just made a lateral move as a senior project manager now mm-hmm. um, a year later, or has been in this position for a year now as the director of the projects and services. 
That is so exciting to hear, Denise, your career path and um, all the effort that you put into, first of all, jumping into the industry and then the way that you've grown your career is really inspiring. Thank um, you. And I've heard that from many people that I've talked to in the industry is that you just have to jump in where where you have the opportunity to jump in. And it's probably going to be difficult at the beginning and you're going to have a tax credit application thrown at you and say, <laughs> here, do this. You're gonna yes. Say, what is this? Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then how, what made you decide to enroll in HDTI and where were you in your career? So I just started working as a project, an assistant project manager at my new firm, LA Housing Partnership. And Mi Young, who was the LISC AmeriCorps program manager just a few months prior to my graduation, um, she was the one that recommended that I sign up for this program. She said, it's going to be a really great and valuable training you need to be a part of this program. So I pushed my supervisors at the time. They, they were resistant to me participating in the program, but I knew that was the only way that I was going to get the direct hands-on training that I needed for my particular position. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been one thing to just learn from them specifically because of their experience with some projects, but I know they they didn't have everything. And it's, just, it's such a dynamic industry and things are changing by the minute or the day. I wanted to get that first hands on where I know it's a concentrated effort to my professional development. I, I highly regard professional development and I just pushed to make sure that I had it. So I completed the application. I got the board support and submitted my application and I was accepted. So I would certainly say it was through my participation, again, at the LISC AmeriCorps program that I was able to get that introduction to know that this program was available. Great. (laughs) Yeah, I I, um, agree with what you're saying about the invaluable experience about HDTI. With my own experience, what I also really valued about it was being able to take a few days away from the office and kind of step out of those like micro projects that you're doing and kind of take a look at the big picture. Um, it really helped to, to give me that insight. And I, that's what I also hear from participants that have also um, had the HTTI experience. Yeah, I agree. Cause it definitely provided me the vocabulary and understanding the process to make me confident in my work. So when mm-hmm. I do provide recommendations or say why I'm choosing to go down this path as opposed to another path, I could at least add value to the conversation. And it allows my employer to have the confidence in me that I am making the right decisions because I had the right training. Right. And I think you often, um, there's things that you think pretty sure that you know about how this whole affordable housing development process works. And then to have those thoughts and um, experiences validated through training is also something really special to be like, I knew that, I got it right. Yes. I'm doing it right. Yeah, it's very validating. Um, So how do you feel that the training has helped you in your career in, in terms of advancement and opportunities? It definitely helped me a lot in my career. Like I said, the just being at the table with the conversations, understanding the regulations, understanding that it is 
a challenging industry. So have the patience and know that there are resources and help available. Just ask and it's and it's there. There's somebody there to be able to guide you through that process. And as far as my advancement in career, it helped in a way I, I know in one particular with one particular developer that was uh, recruiting me before saw, you know, it's like, oh, you went to a great undergrad, you went to a great grad school, but the fact that you did this HDTI program, the basic and the advanced, we don't have a problem. So it's <laughs> just like HDTI is over USC's graduate program. I was like, wow, this must be a really good, a good program because they went through it too and they knew this is the only way that project managers or assistant project managers or anyone new to the field was going to get that direct hands-on learning experience and you can apply it immediately to the projects that you're going to work on. So as I am always looking at, I still even think I have my binders and it's been 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) You carried those from office to office. Yes. A side note for those of you that might participate in HDTI this fall, (laughs) look forward to the giant binders you'll be taking home with you. (laughs) Um, and what role did relationships with colleagues that you met in the program play? And do you still keep in contact with those colleagues? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I do like that I can just pick up the phone or send an email to any one of those colleagues and get feedback or run ideas because we're all going through the same or similar things. Mm-hmm. And I to appreciate that I actually became friends with quite a few people that were in the program. And in fact, actually, we just had our, our 10-year reunion celebration on oh, Hollywood. Yes, on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. So there were about 10 of us that showed up, and a few flew down from San Francisco. One drove up from San Diego, and then the remainder were in L.A. So we definitely caught up on our career path, seeing who still remained as project managers and what they're working at. Some are still in housing, but they're at the government level or folks have moved on to uh, to the C-class level where they're chief of somebody or just working in the banking. And so it was really good. Caught up with who had babies, who got married. So I, like I said, we really became good friends in that in that process, I guess when you you know you have a group of young twenty somethings in on campus somewhere, you definitely had great bonding time. So we were looking at some of our old photos. We just couldn't believe how long <laughs> ago it was. We all looked like babies, but it was I say it was a lot of learning, really intense learning, but the bond that we created is very strong. And so, like I say, 10 years later, we're celebrating our anniversary. We were all coming together and planning our next event and looking forward to catching up with each other. It's really, it's really been great. Um, and like I say, you can just call anybody at any time to say, hey, this is what I'm working on. Could you help me out? What are the lessons learned or the best practices that you had during that time? And I even, yeah, and I even set up a salary survey while I was in the program because it helped lend to the conversation. We were just talking about that again, too. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, we could know what our market is and have the conversations with our employers or see how we could improve our own situation. So 
I think it's it's been good. That's so exciting that you have um, formed such strong relationships with your cohort because, like you said, you should have people that you can bounce ideas off of, um, and and really get that input because what we're trying to do is is difficult and oftentimes innovative, and um, it's nice to have that cohort of um, intelligent people to to give you feedback. Yeah. Um, all right. So given the state of the affordable housing crisis right now here in California and elsewhere in the country, what role do you feel that affordable housing developers and project managers play in contributing to solving the crisis? I say we are definitely advocates. Uh, we are responsible for making the change and taking action. So I feel that because we see what the crisis is, we see the problem, we come, we provide the solution, or at least come up with the idea for the solution. And so I feel in that regard, we are truly lifesavers. You know, it's just great hearing the stories after we've gone through all the ups and downs, the obstacles to mm-hmm. getting the project approved and then getting it through construction. When you could turn those keys over to a family and say, welcome home and hear like one story that sticks with me is that there was a, a mom who was interested in applying for the units and she didn't know if she could get in. And, and she had five children, all of them living in a studio apartment in LA for 15 years. And she wow. couldn't, yeah, 15 years. And I said, apply for the four bedrooms, apply for the four bedrooms. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I said, just apply for the four bre- bedrooms. And she did. And she got in and she said, this is what's going to be my children's Christmas parent present. They're all going to have their own room. She says, granite countertops is beautiful. You know, I don't, she said, after 15 years of living in a studio apartment, this is the gift that she's giving to her kids. I said, that's the reason why we do this. This is the -hmm. gift that we're giving back to individuals and families where we can get them to live vibrant lives, where we can get them to dream again, to get them to thrive in their communities. And that's the biggest motto that we share here at Innovative Housing, because that's our goal. And For me, that's what it is that we as affordable housing developers and project managers pushing these projects along contribute to the crisis. That's amazing. Thank you for always reminding us, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. And it's it's that exact story. It's because the people at the end of the day benefit from what we're doing. Yes. Um, so finally, what advice do you have for people that are new to the field or looking to get into the field of affordable housing development? I say talk to people, get build relationships with those who are in the field, reach out to organizations like LISC that are creating pathways for people who are new to the industry to get their their feet and their hands wet in this field. To, to stay committed, to be dedicated, and just continue to be passionate about the work that you want to be in. Because the work that we do requires that passion and that commitment and dedication. And so mm-hmm. never, never lose that. But just keep reaching out to individuals and they'll find a way 
to get you in the door. Just reach out. That's beautiful advice, Denise. Denise, thank you so much for um, giving us your time. We know you're so busy with all of your applications right now. So thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Sure. Thank you, Alex. Again, I appreciate the call and being on this podcast. I'm excited and I'm glad to be a big promoter of LISC, the AmeriCorps program and the HDTI program. So thank you again. Thanks, Denise. See you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Also, for any of our listeners out there that have been inspired by our guest stories and are interested in a career in affordable housing, please join our email list via the link in the podcast notes so we can help you get started on your journey to being a change maker. Please join the discussion on Twitter at LA underscore LISC, L-I-S-C, hashtag ChangemakersLA. Thank you for listening to LA LISC Changemakers LA podcast. The 2018-2019 LA LISC Housing Development Training Institute, aka HDTI, has been made possible by a generous grant from CIT One West Bank to support the training of the next generation of affordable housing professionals to lead local organizations and make a long-lasting impact on the Southern California community. If you would like to support LA LISC or learn more about our work, please visit us online at www.lisc.org slash Los Angeles and follow us on Twitter at LA underscore LISC. Production support was provided by Samantha Salmon and the Donias. You can find the rest of the series on SoundCloud or iTunes. Subscribe to LA LISC page to hear more conversations about the people and places that shape Los Angeles.